Welcome to the broadcast of Riverside Church in Princeton, North Carolina. Riverside Church preaching Christ and Him crucified. For more information, check out our website at www.riversidefwb.com. 17 tonight, Luke chapter number 17. We had the word already. We have double word, triple word. Let's go ahead and get to the meat. Look at somebody beside you say, let's get to the word. Let's get to the word. All right, Kevin, I saw you. You did it. You did it this time. Last time I called him out. All right. Uh, grab your Bible. Turn to Luke chapter number 17. Tonight, we're going to be looking at just a, 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 a section of text tonight. We're going to be looking at when Jesus cleansed the ten lepers. But before we understand what Jesus does, and we got to understand what leprosy is. In biblical times, this could be some kind of issue where uh, you're, 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 you're the walking dead, basically. Uh, the the Doctors have been known to, to say as they examine the, the, the diagnosis of leprosy is where the nerve endings in the, in the uh, extremities start to die. And eventually you start to rub on your hands and you don't feel your hands anymore. And eventually you rub your hands raw. Eventually they'll rot off. Eventually your nose starts to rot off because you don't feel your nose any longer. Your ears will start to rot off. And before you know it, you look like a walking corpse. You're, you're the walking dead. At this point, the lepers, they would all come together in leper camps. It didn't matter that one was black and one was white. It didn't matter if one was a Samaritan or a Jew. Nationality melted to the wayside as this disease overtook each person that was afflicted by leprosy. Leprosy was also described in the book of Leviticus. As Moses wrote the book of Leviticus, he tells the, 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 the way we're supposed to deal with this leprosy. He tells them that they're to be outside the camp. They're to be outside the towns. That they can't mingle with everybody else. Whenever you, whenever you get leprosy, you lose more than just your health. You, you lose your family. You, you lose your job. When you are afflicted with leprosy. And many times you'll lose your mind when you, when you catch leprosy. So now you know the backdrop of what we're up against. Now you understand what, what's at stake here as leprosy starts to run rampant. But there's a redeemer. As my friend, as my friend Alex says, there's a redeemer. There's a redeemer, and now this is just a snippet of his story. As we look in Luke chapter 17, look with me in verse number 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along Samaria and Galilee. Now I want you to understand, Samaria and Galilee. This falls between the really bad part of town and the okay part of town. Nobody goes into Samaria. Nobody goes around Samaria. It's the bad neighborhood. The police don't go over there. The pizza man don't even go to Samaria. Samaria is the bad part of town. Many of y'all are acquainted with the bad part of town. I grew up in the bad part of town. Y'all said east side, west side. I said double wide. That's where I grew up. I, I understand. That's where I come from. The bad part of town. So he goes between Samaria and Galilee. It's just like Jesus to go into the bad part of town. Don't you think? Amen. He didn't go to Rome where the Pope was seated. He didn't go to the, to the, the capitals of the, all the nations. He goes into the ghettos. He goes into the places where people avoid. He goes to seek out the very people that sometimes we try to not encounter. That's 
That's my Jesus. Amen. He's on his way to Galilee and Samaria. His disciples are walking with him between Samaria and Galilee. And in verse 12, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Now see, they stood at a distance because that was the rules. Yeah. I, I know we're acquainted with um, six foot apart and we wear masks and all these things. I understand that. But when you are afflicted with this disease, this leprosy, not only is it possible that you're going to be on the outskirts of the, of the nation, you're pushed out of society, you have the risk of starving to death if your family doesn't come out to the outskirts and leave you food because they can't encounter each other because it's so contagious. So they stood at a distance. In Leviticus chapter number 4, it describes on what their protocol is to be. They are to stand far off. I want you to see these ten lepers. Let's go together in our mind's eyes as I describe them to you. They, they had pus running off their bodies. Whatever astronomies was still there, their ears or their nose, they were very barely visible and recognizable as who they once were as they were walking dead. Their hair hung in tatters. The clothes they wore looked ragged. They would wear a veil and cover themselves because that was part of the protocol. Yeah. However, they would also stand a distance. The rules and the statutes of Moses tell us that they had to put their hand or their arm over their face. And if anyone came near, they would yell, Unclean! Unclean! I'm unclean! That's the protocol. So whenever they were near society, near anybody just walking out for a stroll on the outskirts of town, if you heard that ringing in your ear, you went the other direction. What would be the policy if you didn't do that? Well, they'll drag you out and stone you to death. At least you would have the last few days or months or maybe a couple of years if you're lucky, rotting to death. But it almost seems like you would want somebody to stone you to death if you lived like that. So we see they stood off. Back in Luke chapter number 5, we saw that we saw that one leper was bold enough to come to Jesus. He came and fell at his knees. He fell on his knees at the feet of Jesus and looked up at him and said, Lord, if you're willing, if you want to, God. Notice he addressed him as God because he believed him to be God. He said, if you want to, if it's your will, I'll be clean. And Jesus did something that broke tradition. Jesus did something that was profound. He reached out and said, I'm willing. And he touched the man and he was healed. Watch out. But these, these stood far away. There's ten of them. There's ten there standing in rags and tatters. And they just got through screaming at the top of their voice, Unclean! 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 But then they noticed there's Jesus. Their cries begin to change as Jesus draws near. They, their cries begin to change into what, what we see here in verse 13. They lifted up their voices. Notice they cried out in prayer and pleading to the one true God. They lifted up their voices and they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
Have you ever prayed like that? Let me just ask. Let me, well, let's just pause here for a moment. Have you ever prayed like that? Oh, man. Well, you're so afflicted. Where something has got such a hold on you that no one can help you. The lepers didn't cry out to the Pharisees, the high priests. They didn't cry out to the Romans. They didn't cry out to Caesar. They didn't cry out to anybody in authority. They cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. They can't help me. They can't heal me. But I know you can. Jesus, help me. I'm unclean. I'm stained. Jesus, can you help me? I wonder if you've ever prayed that way. So we see, we look into their prayer. We, we can know a lot about a person by how they pray. Anybody who prays like this, yo, what up, God? Big Papa, what's cracking? You don't know nothing about God. You call him big guy in the sky, you don't know him at all. Notice how they address Jesus. They cry out. They call him master, first of all. <laughs> to call him master means that he reigns over everything. I know you look like a, you look like a carpenter. Your hands are callous. You're only 30 years old, Jesus. And you look, you look like a man. But they notice that he's a master. They've heard the rumors. They might have heard about the other leper who was healed at, at his touch. Man. They say, Master. Have mercy on us. Here we are, Jesus, on the outskirts of society. Our lives are wrecked. We have nothing. Look at us, Jesus. We're ruined. I wonder if you've ever prayed that way. As it still unfolds right before our eyes. It's like we're there, don't you think? He cries, Master, have mercy on us. These ten. And then verse 14. When he saw them, notice Jesus sees. I'll say that again because somebody just needs to hear it. Jesus sees. Jesus sees. Jesus hears. Jesus sees. Mm. Jesus heard them and he looked, he cast his eyes on his creation. He looked at these ten lepers. And verse 14, and when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. Well, wait a minute, Jesus. The other guy, you, you physically touched him. You actually put your hands on him. Well, why are you treating me different? Sometimes God just does stuff different like you heard Brother Philip say up here earlier. Y'all yeah, know we cousins, right? A little bit crazy is all up in our DNA. But you got to be crazy to love Jesus like we do. And you'll see why here in a moment. Jesus told him to go along the way. Go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus wants us to do what? He he wants us to go along the way. He didn't even touch. He didn't spit on the ground and rub mud on us like he did that other guy. He didn't didn't throw a rock at us. He just just told us to do something. All right, well, we better go. That's what he said. We called him master. So they set out on the journey to go to the priest because that's the protocol. You go to the priest and say, here I am. I need to go through the ceremonies now. We find the ceremonies back in Leviticus 14, as I told you earlier. The ceremonies, is they take a dove. They take two doves, actually. And a, and a bowl of water. 
and they take a, 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 a scarlet thread and they wrap it around a piece of wood with some hyssop and they put it all in the bowl and they take one bird and they dip him in the water and then they break its neck and wring its neck until the blood falls into, into the bowl of water. And at this point, they sprinkle that water the blood and the hyssop with the scarlet thread on it and they sprinkle it on one bird and they let that bird go. Yeah. I could preach all night about that, but that's not where we're going. So as they're on their way to go to the priest, they still have to keep protocol. You understand that, right? Just because Jesus told them to go to the priest, don't change anything. They still had to hold protocol. So as they're walking... They're probably discussing, I don't know if this is going to work. He's, he's the master, though. He, he told us to go. So let's go. Let's get after it. Show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Let me, let, me, let me break that down for you if you ain't got nowhere to be. As they're walking, they cover their heads and the veil falls over them. I'm unclean. Back up. I got to go to the high priest because Jesus told me to go to the high priest. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm, I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. You're clean. You're clean. You're clean. They didn't have mirrors. And as they walked along to see the high priest, they didn't break out their cell phone to take a selfie. They looked at each other. He's healing you as we're walking. He's holding you. He's restoring you as we're walking. I was unclean, but now I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm fresh. I'm new. I'm restored. As I'm going, I'm going. He told me to go, so I'm going. Amen. I was unclean, but now I'm clean. Yeah. Amen. Some of y'all don't like the process. You, you don't like the walk. But He calls you to do it. He calls you to go along the process. And you might start out dirty. I'm unclean on the way to Calvary. I'm dirty and I'm stained. I'm falling apart. My heart is in tatters. My soul is scorned asunder. My thoughts are reeling. But as I step out in faith, I, I'm starting to heal. I'm starting to trust people around me once again. I'm even forgiving somebody. I'm forgiving somebody because He forgave me. I, I, I'm not clean, but I'm getting clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. Amen. I really thought y'all would be more excited about that. <laughs> As they walked, they noticed a change in each other. Because they can't look at themselves. The more you honor Him and serve Him, the more the people will see the change in you. As they walk in faith, I don't know why He told me to go to the high priest. It's crazy. Why can't He just do it instantly? Right here, right there. Why can't he just do that right now, right here? That ain't what you need. Sometimes you need to step in faith. Along the way, they start to scream, I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean, but the story don't end there. Bear with me just a few minutes. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, look, I didn't have fingers. 
from the nubs came back my fingers. My feet grew back. I can feel my nose. Do you see my nose? Is my nose here? I can feel it. I can actually feel it. Things that were dead come back. Things that were taken by disease and decay come again because He is the Master. One started to take notice. He saw it in everybody else. Then he started to feel his ears. Feel his legs. Saw the wounds close up. Now they look like baby skin. Smooth, fresh. As if he was born again. Verse 15. When he saw he was healed, he turned back. Ooh, Jesus told him to do something, but he turned back. Ooh. Breaking the rules. He turned back. Praising God with a loud voice. Oh, I was dirty, but He made me clean. I, I was, I was a, a victim to my disease, but He set me free. He restored unto me my vitality. He helped me. He healed me. He must be the Master. There ain't nobody else like Him. Nobody could help me. He was loud about it. Why you reckon? Hold on, hold on. Hold, let's bring it back. Hold. Why you reckon He was making a fuss? Why you, why you think they was making such a stir if you have lost as much as he had lost if you were in prison as long as he was you got to understand he'll see his family again you got to understand he gets his life back you got to understand those who love much have been given much <laughs> he, he turned back from the he turned back from going along the way with the other guys. And, and they heard him. Because it said it was loud. In the original Greek, it says it, we get that Greek word megaphone. That's loud. You think I'm loud? I know they're pulling me back here. That's why I keep bringing my microphone down. I don't really don't need this, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> he, he says he was says he was loud. Yeah. I guess he was loud because God has done great things in his life. Yeah. I guess. That must be the reason. Some people be loud for just to be loud, but he had a reason. Yeah. He had restored them to me. Yeah. He brought me through. He kept me. He healed me. He holds me in the palm of his hand. Yeah. See what he does. He turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell at the, on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. When he fell, he fell prostrate in front of Jesus, face first. The reason being is he's, he's paying homage to Jesus. I, I know this is celebrate recovery, but y'all invited me, so we're going to church. Y'all invited me. You asked me to come up in here. When he fell at the feet of Jesus, he was saying, you're not just the master, you're the king. Because you only bow to kings. That's why when people come up to you and they bow to you, if you're arrogant, you're like, hey, I like that. But if you are if you got any humanity, you're, hey, hey, we don't do that here. No, don't, don't, don't bow down to me. 
when he bowed down before the king, Amen. he acknowledged him as king over everything. Yeah. He must be king if he can just tell the, the disease to be wiped away. He must be king if he can walk away. He, he must be king of all of creation if he can speak to the storms and they dissipate. He must be king if he walks up to the death and speaks to them and they hear again. He must be king over everything if he looks you in the eye and all of a sudden the cloudiness is gone and you can see again. He must be king if he goes to a funeral and breaks it up because he raises the dead. He must be king. He, he must be. He lays before Jesus. And he, he gives him eternal He worships him. That's why some of y'all didn't worship us hard while ago because you ain't got you ain't lost nothing. You haven't been a slave to sin as long as some of us have. He ain't done nothing for you. That, that's why you sit there, when we gonna get out of here, I gotta go to Bojangles. So I, that's why, that's why. But the doves. He has restored. Those he walks with and claim as his own, he walks with them and talks with them. Those who say that I am your king and I reign over everything. We pay homage. We worship. This, this young man whose life has now just been given back. But the other nine, their lives are given back to them too. Don't get me wrong. But they were just healed bodily. Oh, yeah. Their bodies are well. They're healthy. But this one Samaritan, the text makes, makes sure you know he's a Samaritan to say he's a, he's a foreigner. He didn't even believe like everybody else. He was actually a pagan. Let alone believe that Jesus is king. But I know that the Bible tells me that men's hearts are in the hands of the Lord. He can change them any way He likes. Maybe tonight you don't know all about Jesus. You don't know about the hypostatic union. You don't know about His glory, His Shekiah. You can't, you can't even explain the maps in the back. I get it. I got you. I got you. But you know enough now. You know enough. You know that He's a Savior. You know He redeems sinners. You know He redeems and He holds on. He cleans us from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You ain't qualified to do ministry. That's alright. When He died on the cross, that was your qualification. He redeemed you. He captured you. He saved you. And you belong to Him. So this Samaritan falls at the feet of Jesus. I know I'm going over, but hey, I got the microphone. He says, Jesus says, we're not ten cleansed. Won't they ten, Peter? Peter, what they ten of them? John, no, there was ten of them. But there's only one that came back. See, the other ones, they had to do the ceremony. They were quick to get back to their lives. The ceremony took eight days. They had to do the ceremony. The priest had to examine them to make sure they were right to return to society. That one guy, he said, I don't have time for the ceremony. I don't have time. To go through the pride. I got to go back to Jesus and, re- and give him my praise. I got I to gotta thank him face to face. I got to bow at his feet. I got to be there and lift my eyes up from where my help comes from. I ain't got time for ceremonies. 
I got to go to Jesus. I got to go to Jesus. I got to praise Him. I got to thank Him for what He's done. I, I, I don't have time for foot washings. I don't have time for the announcements. Go ahead and let's get to the Word so I can shout the preacher. Down. I ain't got time to patty cake with anybody. I got to get to Jesus because He's the only one who would help me. He's the only one who would redeem me. When society pushed me out, when people forgot me and I was broken, it was Him who came along and helped me in my time of need. Won't there ten? Here's nine. Where the other nine is what he said. Somebody is the one who came to Jesus and prostrates yourself there and worships. But there's nine of you who ain't got time for Jesus. Who just want to get back to life. You just want to get sober. Ooh. Oh. If I'm stepping on your toes, your feet is in the wrong place. Sometimes you're just using Jesus to get benefits and you don't care nothing about Jesus. You treat him like a side chick. A one night stand. You treat him on a side. Now, somebody just to, to fulfill all your needs. A genie in the bottle. That's all you want from Jesus. You just want him to peek his hands under the holy curtain and give you your other idols. Lord, give me a good job. I don't want nothing to do with you. I, I, Lord, heal my body. I ain't going to follow you, though. <laughs> let's, let's get serious here. I'm not going to live my entire life for you. Amen. Give me a nice car, Jesus. Give me a good-looking husband. Give me a good-looking wife. That's all I want from you. I don't want you. Those are the nine who are rushing back to their lives as fast as they can. But this one guy says, I don't need my life like it was. I don't even want it anymore. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm, I'm content to lay here at your feet for as long as my heart beats until my breath is taken from my lungs. I'll lay right here. You, you, you got to understand, Jesus, the disease of leprosy took everything I had and you simply gave it all back. But here I am throwing it back at your feet. You, you take my life. Take my mind, take my soul, take my very being. Amen. And Lord, use it for your glory because you are the master. Amen. You are king. Yeah. You reign over everything. The other nine's going back to their lives. They're going to go live. They're going to live their life to the fullest, the best life now. But I'm truly living here at your feet. Amen. Here I am, Jesus. Here I am. You are king and you reign over everything. You are master. Yeah. You are God. Amen. Where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself rushing to get back to your life once you've gotten clear-minded and sober? Are you running back to your old life? Or do you find yourself laying there at the feet of Jesus? Jesus. See, y'all don't invite a preacher to see art and don't expect him to preach. Amen. I'm not trying to get you sober. I'm trying to get you to Jesus. You can just substitute one drug for another. Find another addiction. Find another idol to worship because that's what addiction is. Let's just be honest. We call sin a disease these days. It's not a disease, it's a sin. And I know everybody ain't going to lie, they ain't going to shout that down, but it is a sin. We believe we can diagnose it and treat it. But the best thing to do with sin is bring it to Jesus. Repent of it. Forsake it. And run the other way. I know you ain't going to like that, but it's true. 
addiction is a sin. Your sexual addiction is a sin. It will send you to hell forever. You're worse than the lepers. You're worse than the lepers. But Jesus won't cast you out. Bring your iniquities to Christ. Bring your wrecked life to Jesus. Don't use Him as a stepping stone and a means to a better life. I want to make sure you know this. When you come to Jesus, it ain't going to be rainbows and puppy dogs and unicorns. In fact, life's going to get harder. Jesus actually says, in this life I had many trials and I had many troubles. But rest assured, I have overcome them all. Jesus was saying, I'm mightier than anything this world can take from you. And I'm stronger than what death can snatch from you. Come to Jesus, whoever you are. Come to Jesus. You're just rushing through. Trying to get that next chip. Watch out. Let me get my next Let me get my six months chip. Let me, let me, you don't care nothing about Jesus. Do yourself a favor and find another CR because we talk about Jesus here. We serve Christ here. All things are for him, through him, and by him. He holds reality together by the words that come from his mouth. That's the Jesus we serve. So excuse us as we lay at his feet. Excuse us if we don't rush nothing. We want to bask in his presence. We want to serve him with all our being. Because we don't just think of him as one of the ways to get to heaven. He's the only way. He is the only way. If there was, if it was given to us a thousand ways to get to heaven, we would still want a thousand and one. That's just the way we are. But Jesus proclaims to us, I'm the only way to heaven. So what I want you to do, this is the part where you do something. You repent of your sins. I know people don't talk like this in church anymore. Well, that's the problem. People don't talk like this in church anymore. Repentance. You mean I got to give up something? Yeah, yes, you do. It's like you hold your sins with your grubby, white knuckle hands. And they weigh you down. And they're pulling you down into the, pit, the pits of hell. And you won't let them go. Repentance can be described... Miss Lucy taught her Sunday school class and was teaching the, the young six and seven year olds. The thing I know about little six and seven year olds, they tell the truth. Drunk people and kids tell the truth. <laughs> Y'all ain't met a lot on that one. <laughs> so Lucy is teaching her class and she looks over at her, her students and says, what does repentance mean? Little Marcia pipes in and says, repentance is when you feel bad for your sins. I know a lot of people feel bad for the sins here tonight. But little Johnny, we all know little Johnny. <laughs> little Johnny pops in, no teacher. Repentance is when you feel so bad about your sins, you don't do it anymore. <laughs> a lot of us have been managing our habits and hang-ups. Uh -oh. We've just been managing them. But you have not began to put them to death. You have not killed your sins. Stop patty-caking with your sins. Amen. Repent of your sins. Amen. It's okay if I don't get invited back. That's all right. I got to say what I got to say. Amen. Repent of your sins. Amen. Throw them down. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. For Jesus has set me free. He's redeemed me and captured me. He is master of all. And that includes me. He reigns over my life. He reigns over my hands and my feet. I will not do anything to displease my master, for I serve him and him alone. You ain't got there yet. Yeah. 
You might be dirty and stained, but come to Jesus. As you're walking, I'm unclean, Jesus. I'm unclean. I'm addicted. I'm dirty. I can't help myself. All I want to do is sin. My heart is broken. My family has forsaken me. Or my family don't even know what I'm going through. I can't turn to anybody. I'm unclean. But as I make my way to you, I know you'll clean me. I know you'll wash me. I know you'll forgive me. You won't look at me up and down and say I'm not good enough. You won't say that I'm unsavable. You won't say I don't deserve another chance because I didn't even deserve the first chance, let alone the third or fourth chance. Jesus, I come to you. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Save a wretch like me. Amazing grace. It's what I hear about you. Here I am. I can't help me. But I hear you can. I hear you can help me. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. He saved me. He redeemed me. He holds me. I'm clean. Brother Jimmy.